0: Because the world system elevates work above all else. You have to be responsible, you have to prepare yourself, you have to be independent. But the kingdom of God, the kingdom that we're in, our our king says that we need to be dependent on him, says that we have to seek his kingdom first. That means that priorities are flipped upside down, right? So if I don't have that understanding and I'm not to that um, the authority of the Bible, and authority of my king, I'm going to be living like a worldly person.
1: Hey guys, hello everyone, welcome back to the Long Obedience podcast. Um, Today we're going to be starting things off a little differently.
0: Yes, yes, (laughs) we're thinking that since we end the podcast with the true gospel, maybe we will start it off a little bit different and just like expose some of the false gospels that exist or things that people believe that they can do to be saved that the Bible actually never um, affirms, right? Um, So today's one, I'm going to use an analogy, for example, um, imagine a person who professes that they're a doctor. Everywhere they go, people ask them what's your profession, they say they're a doctor. But Mondays to Fridays, you can find them in a courtroom defending people, standing in front of a judge, um, case after case, that's what they do day in and day out. Everybody that sees them is going to be like, you are confused. You are not what you profess, you are what you do, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. In the same way, it says that, like, a person can profess to be a follower of Christ, but it's really by the life that they live that you will be able to tell if they are. So I can tell you I'm a Christian, but if on Friday nights I'm going to the clubs, um, on Monday morning I am maltreating my staff, Tuesday evening I am fornicating my adult committing adultery or even on Wednesday evening I'm sitting home watching TV while the rest of the body of Christ is out sharing the gospel or baptizing somebody um there's no way I can stand and say I'm a Christian right because a Christian is somebody who looks like Jesus so I will hold out the picture of Jesus what was he doing obedient to the father woke up early prayed um made disciples was healing the sick these two people are different um and so A profession of faith from mouth that is not exemplified in the Bible and then in your life is a false gospel. So I can't say I'm something and then live a different way. Mm. That is false. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about today. (laughs) Today's episode, we're going to be talking about (laughs) what, Ronke?
1: Yes, that was so good. You said one line, but I already can't remember. I think you say is not what you are. What you profess is that what you said.
0: You're probably you're not what you profess. You're you
1: not what you profess. That's so good. Um, but yes, actually, today's episode is going to be something very similar. We're going to be talking about what it means to be in the world but not of of the world. So the phrase to be in the world but not of the world is gotten from John seventeen. We talked about this a little bit in the last episode when we were referring to the high priestly prayer. And so I'm just going to read John 17 from verse 11 to 19. So it reads, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world." sanctify them by your truth your word is truth as you sent me into the world i have also sent them into the world and for their sakes i sanctify myself that they may also be sanctified by the truth so this is these are the verses where we get to be in the world but not of the world and i think this is a scripture that applies to believers born again believers but also unbelievers because there is definitely some disparity with what that means um we just want to clear some things up maybe it can help you identify if you are a christian who is really in the world and of the world i think having this revelation will get you on the right track to um being a believer or a true disciple as the lord um, has described it in the scriptures
0: amen amen as we're, as you're talking and what I can think about is first of all, just setting the groundwork up. It's like, there's only two kingdoms, right? There is kingdom of God and then the kingdom of Satan. God's kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. Satan's kingdom is of this world, but also spiritual, right? So when we also say in the world, but not of the world, the world is satan's dominion the bible says it there are verses and i'll put in the show notes where it talks about how like he's ruler of this world but god rules a spiritual kingdom that we're in yeah okay um so how can people be in god's kingdom how does that happen
1: In know that for you to enter god's kingdom you have to be born of god that's John 3. You have to be born again, which means that you're born from above by the Holy Spirit. And that is literally you being born again. So you living leaving the kingdom of darkness and entering the kingdom of light. And the process of that is what we preach at the end of every episode is the gospel. Um, repent, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then enduring on this walk
0: fantastic thank you Ronke. yeah that's that's it um so now can a person be born of god's kingdom and still be like in the world or of the world like how how is a person in the world or of the world
1: Mm. let's just let's just go to scripture and read some of the ways in which paul identifies a person who is of the world um i think a good place to go to is romance romance is really great well i'm going to read romans one okay. i'm going to be reading from verse 29 uh and it says paul says being filled with all unrighteousness sexual immorality wickedness covetousness maliciousness full of envy murder strife deceit evil-mindedness they are whisperers, backbiters haters of good, violent proud Boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, discerning, undiscerning, <laughs> untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. And so in all of Paul's letters, he actually writes a list of what it means to be of the world, what it means to be of of the flesh and if you identify yourself in any one of these things you are actively participating in any one of these things that he has mentioned then you are of the world you're worldly and paul has a lot to say about that because you know being a christian it means that you have a testimony right meaning that you were somebody before and when you become born again you are somebody after Mm -hmm. but what we have in the world today is you have people who claim to be christians but they have not been born again they are believers but they they are still living in the old man that is who they are presenting to the world
0: ah that makes a lot of sense because it's like um in galatians where it talks about like flesh always against spirit so a person can be born from above in spirit but still live in the flesh which is to live in the world so just live as people who were never born again live mm-hmm. um
1: yeah.
0: mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense that's good
1: yeah oh well, let me ask you a question what do you think is the reason why people can actively be completely in the world but claim to know jesus or claim to be followers of jesus mm.
0: i mean i'm trying to think about like How my life was before i actually became born again i think part of it is contributed by just the how like um the gospel has kind of been like adulterated and really watered down where people who stand in the position of like um maybe as they're supposed to be like shepherds in god's kingdom Mm -hmm. they live Mm -hmm. a certain way and so sheep come and they follow that way thinking this is the way to the lord that's also no excuse because the bible is free so i think part of that is also the enemy working on the shepherds eating sheep astray but then um our natural flesh we just have an inclination to do that i feel like we're whether or not we like it like we're actually like in a war everybody who's born on earth is in a war and the opposing side is firing uh all the time constantly um but god is definitely also trying to defend us but i think it's just like that it's that war um, and I mean, Jesus Christ did say the way is very scary and humbling, but like the way is narrow and that few will find it. And mm. I think it's maybe that reality like playing out in that you have an enemy that's actively like um, attacking. We have the, the people who should be watchmen or guards or shepherds leading people to the enemy's camp, maybe knowingly or knowingly, they might also just be like a victim of deception. And then we have our flesh, our falling sinful nature again mm-hmm. that kind of tilts us that way. But so it's even it's a one and a miracle that we anybody can receive salvation because it just shows how powerful God is that in spite of all of that, like he's able to still call his sheep and they hear him. Um but yeah. But what did you think?
1: Yeah, that's so good. I don't think we understand how much the enemy is waging war against people to not know the real Christ. Mm-hmm everybody's swimming with the currents, and the currents is the way of the world, the kingdom it's, of darkness, yeah and the broad way. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, and for the Lord to actually take you, pluck you out of it, turn you to the right direction, and now take your hand and say, "Follow me." That it actually really is a miracle that anybody is a believer. Is that's why, like, we cannot boast of it. It's one hundred percent God. Um, but yes, as you were talking. You know, yes, the enemy. But I do think a lot of people, Christians, people who say lukewarm Christians, people who say that Christians, is because they don't actually read their Bibles. Um, mm-hmm. Because the Jesus that they proclaim is not the Jesus that is found anywhere in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Some people just don't even know who it is they're following. They have absolutely no idea, and they don't even know that they don't know. They're actually on a strong deception and a strong delusion. And I think that's where your part, what you were saying about the enemy. Um, because if you read your Bible, you will know that the Lord actually demands holiness. He demands that we be in the world, but not of it, meaning that when we come to the Lord, um, the Bible says that we have to be holy as he is holy. And the word holy literally means to be separate, to be different. So Christians are almost aliens on this planet, meaning that, yes, we are made in the image of God, and we're human beings. But our nature is a divine nature that has been imparted unto us. That's First Peter. Um, it talks about how we have been given the, the divine nature, we have been given the Holy Spirit. You can even call it the separate Spirit, this, this thing that makes you different from the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And I think people who profess to be Christians but aren't actually, they are missing this. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have the thing that makes you different, the Holy Spirit you will be like the world. You will be of the world because until you receive the Holy Spirit, there's no changing. You you fit right into the world. You're born of the world. And so I think it, there's also just like a lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. um, a lack of understanding of the gospel. I think people in churches, the pastors, people shepherding people have done a very poor job. Um, I remember when I became born again, that was I was so angry for a whole week because I was like, I used to go to church. Nobody told me any of this. But the state of the church now is like, I don't even expect anybody to tell me because they don't know. The people leading people, is like the blind leading the blind. There is just so little of the truth and the Holy Spirit in churches today. And we really see it with the amount of unholiness in culture. And even in the church, things that, you know, are condoned on pulpits. Like it is so much unrighteousness. It is all of the world. You have the church trying to look exactly like the world Mm -hmm. and man this topic it gets me so angry so anyways i'm ranting. i'm
0: done no um i heard like the prince describe like i think carnality and worldliness as like any system or institution that is set up that's in opposition to god's like authority or god's like um law or rule of righteousness and holiness and the thing about it is that anything can kind of fall under that bracket even like how like the the institution of what church is now like the institutional church now it can be a system that if it's not like it's not adhering to like what the bible is saying in terms of like salvation and making of disciples so it's a system that technically is against god's righteous authority that's not submitting to that and it can even go deeper than that. It can go to like, um, yeah, your, the dressing, the way your dressing is in your culture. People might be accepting of a type of dressing that goes against the righteous rule and authority of God. And so in a way you can be in the world by the way you dress. It can be even like in your, I think the way you view money, the way you view your identity as a black person, the way you view your identity as a woman, Like if you if you submit to what the world sees as like feminism, um, which you don't find anywhere in the Bible, then that is a worldly system that is in opposition to God's authority. If you submit, if God sees family structure to be set in a certain way, and wife has this duty, husband has this duty, and you come or maybe your culture or what you think in your mind is in opposition to God's um, um, rule authority whatever he said that's a system of the world because it goes against his righteous rule again so it just it can permeate everything and i think it has definitely permeated the church but i don't know if it's actually a new thing because i feel like that's what religion kind of is Mm -hmm. it's a system that goes against god's righteous reign where it's like this thing that it's it's like masquerading as the truth but actually it's not um and the church has definitely in this day like the institutional church has kind of morphed into that um but i mean the true church of god is still what's amazing is that we see that it still exists because it's just a person that has god's spirit and the gathering of those people but yeah, yeah, yeah
1: amen amen that's so true um i was thinking about how You know, some believers they take that verse or that scripture where Paul says that he became all things to all men and emulates this in, like, okay, I need to cater to culture or I need to, you know, be almost of the world in order to be to reach them with the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, where instead of like there being a line, they just blur the lines completely, where they try to save them with the same thing they're trying to save them from. And I think this method specifically produces environments where you have a lot of people are being converted. I say that in quotes. So you can have a conference where maybe by the end, they say 700,000 people gave their life to the Lord or have been added to the kingdom of God. But the, the structure of the church or the structure of the conference, it doesn't allow for proper discipleship to happen and so you end up having environments where they're claiming to have all these huge numbers of converts but in reality sorry in reality there is not there there is no actual disciples being retained there's no discipleship retention I think these environments create um just false converts and it's actually a big problem in the church today
0: yes I've really been thinking about that like lot because i do yeah i've actually been thinking about that because and i guess trying to like find like the point like it's almost like you see something you know something is off here but you're like what actually really is going on i feel like there's a failure of like attention to to one person i see discipleship as very intentional very much like it's life on life it's like to sacrificially love a person or to love people i think you have to really know them it requires time and everything but if i'm just trying to do a blanket kind of thing even with the best intentions somehow like the individuality of people gets lost in that it's not about like how one soul being saved it's more about like let me rack up numbers and so i it, i kind of don't pay attention to details that means that i'm not intentional to look at this person and be like okay if i see this person is even a convert let me be watching for fruit i want to see people say anything and be like okay that means they're converted but even i know in my real life that people people can say anything at any time i know what real fruit looks like i know what a true decision is i know that it takes time for a fruit to grow so in the end i know that and i know that this blanket approach how just I mean, it's like almost like that's in the back of my mind, but it's like I don't want to pay attention to the detail. I don't want to look at one person um, because maybe there's something else I'm benefiting from this, or I don't know what this is, but I've definitely been thinking about it. Anyways,
1: yeah, I think it's definitely and one of the other things that's really plaguing the church today, and it really really grieves my spirits. Um, but what you were saying about how discipleship is an individualistic thing and it's a very intentional and personal thing um if i don't know a person personally there is no way i can speak into the direct sin that is going on in their lives you know because a lot of people yes there's like the the obvious sins you know lying fornicating all that other stuff but then to the sanctification the lord calls us to really has to be our character and that can only be like Birth in true, true discipleship, like how you said this thing to that person was really wrong. But you have to be discerning and in close relationship with that person to be able to see to see that. Um, so I think that's something that method of I don't, church. It just it, it it's not the model that we find in the book of Acts, and so it doesn't really work. um But Is yeah, not
0: so- what Jesus set up
1: yes it's actually it's what you said is religion is a man-made structure um and yes it just it fails every time um but yes going back to being in the world and not of the world um let's give examples of what that looks like i know you you, <laughs> you said... <laughs> i know you gave an example but it's like how can you identify that i am a believer who is of the world
0: yeah i mean it's so yeah like we said so people can be fully in the world meaning they don't even try and say i'm in god's kingdom um or they may say they're in god's kingdom but they actually are not born again um and so that's a whole different thing they live according to their own rules they don't submit to the authority of the bible but a person can actually go through the process of like repenting being baptized receiving the holy spirit um And still live like the world and ultimately i think what happens in the end is you do end up just becoming like like the world um i would say the the most important thing is that like jesus is not your lord and your master what does that look like um a a person who has a lord and a master wakes up to get instructions from their master and then goes on to do that there is no self-initiating there is no going on my own whim there is a an expectation of direction and instruction and then a desire and then obedience to that instruction mm. i feel like if that's the underlying foundation then even we who are now walking can probably see like how there are parts of our lives that need to submit to god and are like so worldly um so i mean i said it before like for it can be even in like work like do i see my work as the work i have been put on earth to do like maybe my profession or do i see the work of god's kingdom coming as my work Mm -hmm. because the world system elevates work above all else you have to be responsible you have to prepare yourself you have to be independent but the kingdom of god the kingdom that we're in our our king says that we need to be dependent on him says that we have to seek his kingdom first Mm -hmm. that means that priorities are flipped upside down Right. So if I don't have that understanding and I'm not to that um, the authority of the Bible, and authority of my king, I'm going to be living like a worldly person in regards to my career. Um, God is the one, the Bible says that God is the one who will like, I guess, bring two people together for marriage and the purpose of marriage is for God's kingdom, for him to be glorified. But in the world, it's for companionship, it's for relation. So if I do not submit to God's rule or authority in regards to like he he when he if he wants me to marry, I will marry. If he has a spouse for me, he will bring them. I don't need to seek, I need to just seek his kingdom first and I start seeking. It's like in that aspect, I'm worldly because I've submitted to the world's way. I'm submitted to another master, another authority. Um, I'm submitted to yet. Yeah, a pattern that is of the world and not of the kingdom I'm claiming to be in. Uh, and it can go on and on. Um, let me think of one that really, like uh, that I think for me, I definitely had the work one where my identity was really wrapped up in my career. And I feel like God was merciful to me in that like he kind of blocked all the doors. So I was kind of at the point that where he was like, okay, so you don't have that now. So who are you? Mm-hmm. And I kind of had to just come to a point that, wow, like, what if God has said, oh, by Christ, I just to be a disciple? You don't have any game for employment. You don't have any, not that he wants me to be lazy, but like, this is what you will, I will feed you whenever I feed you. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. To yeah. other people, it was like, is that enough? And it was a lot because it took a lot of surrendering to lie down to be like, I don't, like, I may mean, whatever my age is and I don't have employment, but God has come to be a disciple. So let me be a disciple. <laughs> mm-hmm. It took a lot of lying down, surrend- like, lying down is like surrendering to his authority. But like I said, like when I, when I lay down, I realized that like, I wished I had surrendered a longer time ago and that God was actually trying to fix something else in my character that would have kept me from the kingdom eternally. And I thought it was about work Mm. Um, or like, even in regards to like dressing, I mean, when I was in the world, like I wasn't a very like wild person i feel like people would see me and they would say that like, i feel like i would be morally upright person and i just honestly that's the worst kind of person to be i want you to know because <laughs> you really see deception anyways and uh, so the way i suggest was kind of like it wasn't like very seductive but like some things i would do would be like okay this is for attention like you know, <laughs> what's the point of this <laughs> and then oh, again lord when i came into the kingdom of god like He had to really just tell me that yeah like you even if these jeans are completely fine or whatever like you're wearing your for attention.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: in the kingdom of god like no you die and like god is the one who should be seen you don't have any desire to stand out like let christ in you stand out. he said like what's admirable is like a gentle and quiet spirit why don't you wear that he said okay do okay. <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so no no but seriously though, i mean it's things like that so like in the way i dress like i could have been worldly because, like i was yes definitely um um Another thing is how, like, in the kingdom of God, like, God prioritizes, like, or just prioritizes, like, God being pleased with Him above, like, men being pleased with Him. And Mm. I. All, like straight if you read the dictionary of people please that you see up me or they, sorry, you see my name there so it was now coming to this point where it's like that is the old world that you were in in this new kingdom that's not mm. how things run so are you going to be like the world and be worldly are you going to submit the authority of your king so it was just so i think it's things like that um
1: wow. I guess
0: it maybe yeah okay yes i think i've said enough examples <laughs> maybe you can go
1: <laughs> if you have more to say i definitely want to hear um that was such a full answer with so many key things. Um, I think the key thing was um submission. Submission. Who are you submitting to? Um and I heard it somewhere, but somebody said like we are all being discipled by something. And mm. a lot of people are being discipled by the world, and it's evident by the fruit in their lives. Um I think another thing that maybe is shows that you are really of the world is when you feel too at home in this world. You know, oh, the Bible yes, describes yes. us as being like pilgrims. So yes. always having like an eternal state of mind, knowing that this place is not my home. Mm-hmm. Like I am just passing a transient being passing along, almost like I'm on a train and I'm just waiting to get off my stop. Um, but a lot of people feel so at home in this world and that's why they carry the problems of the world on their head. Whether mm-hmm. it is, you know, their identity as a woman, um, their cultural identity, their racial identity, that is who they are. And so when that is attacked, it's like you're attacking their entire beings because they have no other identity than the one that exists in this realm. But if mm-hmm. I'm really, like, realizing that I'm a sojourner, like, I'm a pilgrim, um, the only thing that this world is doing is preparing me for my destination. It's almost like a journey. And so a lot it puts things in a lot of perspective. It actually gives you the same perspective that Jesus had. Jesus was said, I'm about my father's business. I'm here yeah. to do my father's will and I'm going to it yeah. And um, I think when we um forget that we're pilgrims, that's why we can care so much about our careers. We can care so much about our marriage. We can care so much about our children. And all of these things are good things. Please don't hear me wrong. Um but I'm saying like, this is how you cultivate idolatry because yeah. you your, your eyes aren't focused on the kingdom of God. The Bible literally says, seek first the kingdom of God and all those mm-hmm. other things, you add them to you freely, you know, because he knows that you will be a good steward of them. But a lot of people who are of the world, they just have so many idols. Even the Jesus in their head is an idol because it's not the one that he describes himself as, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, it's really just wanting to recalibrate, like, um, oh, a, a really good test that I heard from Tim Keller was when your mind is idle, what do you think of? Like, when you have absolutely nothing to do, what where does your mind go to? Is it Instagram? Is it about all the jobs you need to apply to? Is it about what did your husband need for dinner? Is it just, like, what occupies your idleness is it are you meditating on god are you thinking about god are you really thinking about you know how you can follow him how what oppa said how you can be pleasing to him um whoever, whatever you do with your idle time that is your good you know and for me a lot of times man it's social media or you know sometimes i'm just anxious about cares of the world whether it be like okay lord i really want to change my job i need to get this bill paid um did this person forgive me? Just like X, Y, and Z, things that I should really be meditating on the Lord in that time, things that don't really matter. And so anytime I find myself just feeling unrest or feeling peaceful, just not feeling the Lord's presence, um, I go back and I ask myself that question. Okay, my time is idle. What have I been doing? And it's really, really convicting because it really shows... um, how little i meditate on the lord but i mean it's getting better by the grace of god um well yes wow 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 that is definitely very <laughs> complicated
0: yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do that and pray about that
1: but we can decide
0: <laughs> we can't let's go yes but that was really really definitely something to sit not just like listen and move past definitely just like take that to the lord as well and then definitely intentionally make some changes like when we're doing nothing occupies our mind wow
1: yeah and so i think we can go to another part right so the lord says we are in this world but we are not of it and i guess the question is why would the lord want us born again believers his disciples to be in the world The point of um, Jesus coming was to bring the kingdom of heaven down, right? And so as born-again believers, like I said before, we're aliens. We are representatives of the kingdom of heaven. And so the Lord has literally planted us here in this world, which is evil and worldly and just earthly, everything that the Lord is not. And he has set us here to be lights upon a hill. That's literally a scripture, one of the... um, Parables that the Lord was talking about, but we are supposed to be in this world to bear witness of the Lord. John 1 talks about, oh man, John the Baptist is amazing. In John 1, he talks about how, um, literally the first chapter of John, he talks about how he is not delights, but he came to bear witness of delights, and I love that verse. Um, because he's one of the first ones in John but he's just making it so clear like before I would start saying anything, I am not the one mm-hmm. but I need to bear witness about the one and the word mit- um, witness um, I think it means martyr which be- means to um, you know people who are called martyrs now and even in um, the early Christian ages where people who were killed for the gospel but it's not just about being killed physically also about like dying to yourself like actually dying to yourself um so think about it you're a person a light on a hill um shining and you're actively dying to yourself why are you dying to yourself so that the spirit of the lord so that christ can come and fill your vessel and you may reflect him and bring others into the kingdom of god bring others to the lord um literally to bear witness by testimony of what the lord has done for you um, that's why Paul can say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Um, so if you are a born-again believer in this world, you are on assignment to show the kingdom of God, to reflect the glory of Christ that others may come to him. That is your assignment. When you die and you stand before him in judgment and he's judging your works, that's what he will judge you of. Like, okay, Lord, how many people did I tell about um, you how did I display your glory what did I do for your kingdom what do I have to show for it and I you know in today's cult- church culture they leave that to like the pastors but if you have the Holy Spirit that charge is on you too nobody is exempt those words in the Bible are re- written to you too and it doesn't have to be something it's really not something that is like the most difficult thing. I, I don't want anybody to hear me saying this and think they need to go gas to run the ministries. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you have to be a disciple. Like what the Lord has given you, you have to do something with this. Um that's the parable of the 10 Menas um as well and again all of the scriptures will be in the description description box but yes we are in the world to um show the glory of Christ um and a lot of believers also have this mentality. Let me just say one thing about when you get your salvation, you know, they misinterpret, come out from amongst them. And I'm not saying that you don't, you don't like, obviously, we cannot be uniquely unbelievers, whether that be friendships or marriage. But some of them have the mentality where it's like they now go and take all of that community and they live in a community, like a commune in the middle of nowhere. But they're not bringing anybody to the kingdom of God. Their light is just for them to reflect in their light amongst each other. But it's not biblical. Our God is a self-sharing God meaning that he jesus wants to be with everybody on this planet because he created everybody on this planet he loves to share himself anybody who knows the lord knows how much he loves people he loves people with everything inside of him and so you cannot be a believer and not have a heart for the lost and i'm not trying to say that you be an evangelist but you will care about other people's salvation. There won't be peace with you seeing people going to hell every day. There will be something in you, Holy Spirit in you, that provokes you to want this person to come into the kingdom of God. Um, And not even just for the sake of, you know, hell or eternal damnation, but for the sake of this Jesus I have, he's just too good that I have to share him. Like, I cannot show, like, I need to give him to somebody else, you know? If you think about it, even if, like, somebody had some really good pizza, like, you want to open your mouth and say, yo, this pizza is really, really good. It's the same thing. Like, if you have the Lord and you are enjoying him, there is literally no way that you will not want to testify about him. There's absolutely no way. And so it's important that as well believers, we are not selfish with our salvation, but that we go out and proclaim the good news. In whatever way he has told you to, I must go and herald in the streets, but I mean, he may be calling to herald in the streets. I don't know. Ask him respectfully. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yes um mm.
0: yes i completely agree with you like what jesus christ has called us to do is literally like be the light we're just passing through but to bring as many people as we can as we're passing through this earth to eternity yeah i love that yeah yeah and i was
1: thinking about how In his high priestly prayer, he, in John 17, he literally says, um, now I am, John, sorry, I am reading John 17 from, from verse 11. He says, now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name, those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me. I have kept and none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the scriptures may be, sorry, perdition, that the scripture may be fulfilled. That's talking about Judas. But even to know that the Lord is actually praying for me in the world as I'm carrying his assignments, um, that gives me a lot of encouragement. And he also prays that we be kept from the enemy um, in the world as well. And that also really strengthens me as a believer to know mm-hmm. that, you know, the person I'm following is actually, like, fighting for me and believing that I can do what he has called me to do. Amen. Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode. Um, before we go in just a regular fashion, we're going to talk about what we have been reading and what we have been listening to. Um, so, where what have you been reading?
0: Well, I guess, on this episode, I'll talk about what I'm reading in the Bible. Yes, I think I'm, um, in the Bible, currently, I'm reading some apocalyptic scripture.
1: Okay. So I'm reading,
0: <laughs> I'm reading general revelation and just seeing the tithes, um, just like timelines and what the, what the Lord has said will happen and just, um, I guess the question I had initially or like the thought that was in my heart, I felt like Lord put there was just like in times of persecution, how will we stand or like just thoughts around persecution, and I feel like they have definitely given me some mm, insights that would help endurance, or yeah, I think so. Um, Yeah, so just reading about how, like, in Daniel, uh, in Daniel, how he and his friends went through persecution, it was just to continue as they did in times of peace, even in times of um, attack, and that even though they had to Get to the point of maybe being thrown into the fire lines, and that the Lord will be faithful, whatever that look like. Um, also read Esther and she had a similar thing where she's like, You know, if I die, I die, and so it's just continuing steadfastly. But then, also in Daniel, then he talks about like towards the end of time how like there will be great persecution for the church. And I said at one point there'll be little help for them. And um, in Revelation, it talks about like how there'll be a time where the beast will be allowed to kind of trample God's people. God knows what he's doing and it will be allowed. But at the end, obviously, there will be the ultimate victory when Jesus comes back. Um, and there's, like, great reward for us who just um, continue to endure and persevere. So it's almost like preparing the mindset and preparing the heart that suffering does not mean the absence of God, but that he already pre- He already knew it and that he knows what he's doing. And just praying to be able to stand, because I think that's what they did. Daniel will just go, he went up there and he prayed for God to help. Like mm. he was like I need to go back and pray but yeah he was praying for help so I mean I'm talking now and it'll probably be intense but just praying that Lord help us stand <laughs> help me stand help us stand yeah
1: amen um, yeah. amen Amen. that's really good um oh. similar to you I've been in the Bible I've been reading Ephesians um I'm currently reading Ephesians 1 and mm. I've been meditating well I'm reading whole Ephesians but right now when I was reading is it, I couldn't get past this part in Ephesians 1 where Paul is praying for spiritual wisdom. It's Ephesians 18, where he's talking about how the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the reasons mm-hmm. of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And the thing that stumped me is It says, "What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints?" So, I mean, like seriously, what are the riches of His glory in His inheritance in the saints? Um, The Lord has been talking to me a lot about the bride of Christ and Mm -hmm. how valuable the bride of Christ is to Jesus. And I think I have a a vague understanding of that, but I really want to know like deeper what that means. Mm -hmm. And also, when He talks about what are the riches of sorry and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe i don't think we as his church really have a full understanding of how much power we have like if we have the holy spirit how much power is that you know mm-hmm. And so i've just been praying to the lord to give me more revelation on that as well mm-hmm. um yeah. but yeah if i find anything i'll definitely come on here and share yes. <laughs> um all right so what song have you been listening to
0: I was going to say before I answered that 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 also stood out to me I I was like wow he sees us as his inheritance that is very interesting and then reminding me also what you read about in John 17 where he was like we pray that they will be one just like we are one and that desire for like that communion that is important to the Lord and how in heaven we will just be oneness anyways but yes sorry who have been listening to? I don't think I have any music to share with y'all today. Um yes. yeah.
1: Are you taking a break?
0: I know like I'm taking a break, but I don't really have anything that has like
1: it really captured you.
0: Like, like recently. Yeah. Um,
1: um what about I've you? been listening to I have been listening to, let me just look at my phone real quick. I have been listening to Looking for a Savior by Will Reagan and United Pass it's a really old song but it's a goodie i go back to it quite often um yeah.
0: i love that oh my goodness i'm just gonna listen to that tonight
1: yeah that song is really great i love will reagan he's really great yes Um, yeah well that is it for this episode of a long obedience opa do you want to give them a brief snippet of the gospel
0: Yes, yes. As you know, we do this so that um people have a chance to understand more about the kingdom. But ultimately, so you can hear the gospel and make a response. It Doesn't make a difference if you have all this information, but you don't move. Um, so Jesus Christ came to die for us because of our sins. We are worse sinners than we think. <laughs> the Bible says there's a part in hell, like a, in the part of lake of fire for just liars. That means even one lie is worthy of hell. Um, but God did not want that for us. And so it's in Jesus Christ who died in our place. He endured shame, spits, being spat on, suffering for us. And he went to hell and then he rose again because sin could not hold him. Sorry, death could not hold him because he had no sin. Um, And now he gives us the choice that if we make a decision that we do not want death, but we want life and we want to be reconciled back to our father, who is good and made us for good works and for his good pleasure that we can Come to him in true repentance as to turn away from our old life, change our minds, change direction of walking in, be baptized uh, by immersion in water, dying with Christ and rising with him. And then we will receive the gift of his Holy Spirit, who will then be our guide and lead us, be our advocate, our teacher, um, and help us to endure to the end in obedience, living as disciples who go on to make other disciples and live like Jesus did so if you would like to talk more about what we shared or you feel like it's time to respond all our contact information will be in the show notes um we would love to talk to you okay. that's uh, it thank
1: you for listening thank you um, Bye, guys hey! <laughs>